0: Hello and welcome to this week's podcast version of Script's 5 Must Know Things. This episode for the Business Week ended 7th October 2022. This is Ian Haydock. This time Pfizer takes on AstraZeneca and Merck & Co in prostate cancer. AstraZeneca's gene therapy acquisition. Ex-Sanofi partnering head joins AI startup. Shionogi and medicine's patent pool strike a deal for oral COVID antiviral and Intercept sticks with NASH plans despite missed endpoint. Pfizer is stepping into the prostate cancer ring with competitors AstraZeneca and Merck & Co, with top-line results from a phase 3 trial of its two-drug combination for the disease. Alaric Diamant writes, the company announced on 4th October, top-line results from the Telapro 2 study of Talzenna, which is talazoparib, combined with Extandi, in first-line metastatic castration-resistant prostate cancer with or without homologous recombination repair gene mutations. The study met its primary endpoint of showing a statistically significant and clinically meaningful improvement in radiographic progression-free survival for the true drug combination compared with placebo plus extandi. Extandi is an androgen receptor inhibitor that Pfizer markets in partnership with Astellis for prostate cancer while Talzena is Pfizer's PARP inhibitor and is already approved for suspected deleterious germline BRCA-mutated HER2-negative breast cancer. AstraZeneca Merck's Limpasa, in addition to being the first PARP inhibitor to receive US approval, also has the distinction of an indication in HRR-mutated MCRPC for patients who have progressed following treatment with Xtandi or Johnson & Johnson's Zytiga. Clovis Oncology's PARP inhibitor, Rubraca, also has an MCRPC indication for patients with deleterious BRCA mutation-associated disease. Talzena does not yet have a prostate cancer indication. GSK's PARP inhibitor, Zajula, is not approved for prostate cancer, but like Talzena, is in phase 3 development for the disease. On top of being ahead of Talzena in terms of approval for prostate cancer, Limpaza also has an edge in combination treatment data in the same indication. In June, AstraZeneca and Merck published data from the Phase 3 Propel trial showing Limpaza combined with Zytiga prednisone produced an improvement in radiographic PFS among men with first-line MCRPC, regardless of whether they had HRR mutations. Those data will likely add to Limpaza's existing market advantage. Top-line results from Propel announced in September 2021 had already drawn talk of Limpasa becoming a major blockbuster in prostate cancer, with potential sales of $3 to $5 billion for the PARP inhibitor in first-line disease alone. However, assuming they result in a label expansion, it's likely that successful results from Pfizer's Telepro 2 and another Phase 3 study, Telepro 3, in men with HRR-deficient metastatic castrate-sensitive prostate cancer Will go a long way toward putting Talzena on a more competitive footing with Limpasa, especially if the results are comparable or better. AstraZeneca is to spend around 68 million dollars to acquire the beleaguered Logic Biotherapeutics and its gene therapy platform, a generous payout which could provide a template for further deals in the space. Andrew McConaughey writes, the acquisition will give Alexion, AstraZeneca's rare disease division, access to an adeno-associated virus-based gene therapy and a gene editing platform developed by the biotech modalities which the larger company has lacked so far. The deal suggests that while dozens of gene therapy companies have hit development problems and are running out of money, Big Pharma still believes the field has long-term potential. And is willing to pay for assets now that prices are rock bottom. AstraZeneca's cash tender offer of $2.07 for each outstanding Logic BioShare represented a more than 600% premium. Share prices in pre-revenue gene therapy companies have been among the biggest decliners in this year's route of biotech stocks as many have hit major safety and efficacy setbacks in early-stage clinical trials. That included Logic Bio, who saw the US FDA place a hold on its Phase 1-2 Sunrise trial of LB001 in paediatric patients with methylmalonic acidemia. LB001, an AAV genome editing therapy designed to insert the methylmalonyl-CoA mutase gene, was linked to thrombotic microangiopathy in two infants on the study. The hold was placed on the study by the FDA when the second infant experienced the adverse event, but the agency lifted it again in May after the patient recovered, and it was satisfied that the company had addressed all the issues. Analysts think that Big Pharma will be willing to pay a premium on small-cap companies which look to have superior proprietary AAV platforms. Belief that gene therapies can reach the market and be commercially successful is also being rekindled by some recent advances. These include the European Medicines Agency's approval of BioMarin's Haemophilia A therapy, Roctavian, and U.S. approvals of Bluebird BIOS, Zinteglo, and SkySona. French-American Artificial Intelligence Biotech, Aukin, has pulled off a major signing from Big Pharma, poaching Sanofi's global head of partnering, Alban de la Sabliere to scale up the company's commercial operations and turn it into the leading player in the pharma AI space. Kevin Grogan writes that De La Sableire has been appointed as Aukin's first chief business officer after a six year spell at Sanofi, where he led the big farmers partnering, business development, licensing, and M&A efforts. During his time at the Paris headquartered group, he led $30 billion of acquisitions of companies at various development stages plus numerous portfolio-reshaping divestments. Now, de la Sablier is looking to make a different type of impact than in a big corporate, he told Scripp, and Aukin, founded in 2016, ticks a lot of boxes. AI is an area he knows well, given that his role also involved leading Sanofi's digital health efforts with major partnerships. The Aukin Pact saw Sanofi make a $180 million equity investment at the end of 2021 as part of a collaboration to apply artificial AI and machine learning to the discovery of novel targets and the design of novel therapies for four cancer types, along with funding and milestones. De La Sablier said he was excited to join the most disruptive AI biotech company in the world in its journey towards unlocking a whole new generation of treatments and contribute to making Aukin the industry leader in the AI drug discovery and development space. He was particularly attracted to the company's ethos, which has created a real balance between the AI and the biology medicine pieces, he said. Shinobi has opened up its oral COVID-19 antiviral, nc 12 to manufacture and supply by other producers to low- and middle-income countries around the world under a new voluntary licensing agreement with the medicines patent pool. The 4th October deal gives the United Nations back to pool authority to grant sublicenses to qualified generic manufacturers, which will then be able to supply the 3 cl protease inhibitor to 117 countries, pending local regulatory approvals. The alliance also suggests a level of comfort on the MPP's part of the efficacy and safety of the drug, which has jointly developed with Hokkaido University in Japan, despite some controversy in Japan over these issues, and closely follows new positive Phase 3 data, I write in my article. Although Japanese regulators began reviewing NC-12 via, which is branded Zakova in Japan, under an urgent approval system this April, they have postponed a possible approval recommendation twice due to a lack of data proving sufficient efficacy. The key factor, putting back a final decision following the last review in July, was that existing Phase 2 data failed to show broad improvement in major symptoms. There have also been some concerns over teratogenicity and CYP3A inhibition, the latest plan being to reopen approval discussions upon additional, and now available, Phase 3 findings. Practically speaking, one attraction for NC12 beer is the convenience benefit of a once-daily dosing regimen, although its five-day course length is the same as the other main oral antivirals for COVID-19, Pfizer's Paxlovid and and Co.'s Legevrio, which are both dosed twice a day. MPP has already signed similar deals for these two marketed drugs. The MPP agreement will see Shionogi waive royalties on sales in all the countries covered by the agreement, as long as COVID-19 remains classified a public health emergency of international concern, by the World Health Organization. The MPP agreement came after Shinogi announced on 28th September that NC12b had hit its primary endpoint in the Phase 3 part of an Asian Phase 2-3 trial in 1,821 patients with mild to moderate COVID-19, irrespective of risk factors for progression and severe complications. The median time, the first resolution of five typical Omicron COVID-19 symptoms was significantly reduced in those treated with a low dose of nc12a, which is the same as that submitted for approval in Japan, compared to placebo. There was a statistically significant difference of 24 hours. In terms of other ongoing clinical programs, a Phase 2b3 portion of an Asian trial in patients mainly in Japan with asymptomatic or mild disease continues as does the global Phase 3 SCORPIO HR trial for SARS-CoV-2-infected patients. Finally, the long-awaited readout from a Phase 3 study of Intercept Pharmaceuticals, obeticholic acid in non-alcoholic stetohepatitis, or NASH, patients with compensated cirrhosis, revealed a missed primary endpoint. But the New York-based firm said those results will not affect its plan to refile OCA for approval in pre cirrhotic NASH patients. Intercept reported on 30th September that in the 916-patient Phase three reverse study, OCA failed at two different doses to reduce fibrosis scores at 18 months by one stage or greater without worsening of NASH in patients with cirrhosis. Intercept filed OCA, an oral pharnosoid X-receptor agonist, for approval in NASH patients with fibrosis scores of F2, F3 in 2019, based on Phase 2 data showing an ability to reduce fibrosis in such patients. But the US FDA issued a complete response letter in June 2020. The first company to both report successful Phase 3 data and file a drug candidate for approval in NASH. Intercept was broadly expected to be first to market in the Large Metabolic Disorder, which has no approved drug. In the 27 months since receiving the CRL, Intercept has consistently said it plans to refile its NDA for pre serotic NASH based mainly on a fuller dataset from the successful Phase 3 Regenerate study. But the duration of Intercept's work on its response has caused observers to wonder if the company might give up on OCA in Nash. In announcing that OCA failed the reverse study, Intercept reiterated its intent to refile the NDA by the end of 2022. OCA not only missed its histology-based primary endpoint, but both dosing groups are barely separated from placebo. In a 30th September note, B. Riley Securities analyst Mayank Mamtani said that while the reverse data likely end any chance of OCA being approved for cirrhotic NASH, it does provide ample safety data for the future refiled NDA in pre-cirrhotic NASH. Other analysts, however, failed to find positives in the study MISS. With Intercept guiding to refiling by the end of 2022, Multiple analysts predicted that the FDA will convene an advisory committee to review OCA's risk benefit for NASH patients during the first half of 2023. That's all for this week. Many thanks as always for listening, and a reminder that all the stories mentioned today are linked in the article accompanying this podcast. These are just a small selection of those published from Scripps Global Team over the past week, so log in to access all of our content or take a free trial to see what you're missing. Bye for now.